Josh, do you think there's a chance that this is my punishment from having so much fun at the expense of Arnie Spanier last night? Do you think this is the sports gods basically saying, good luck doing your job today, Chris Plank? Is that possible? It's possible, but I, I don't think that that's what's going on because ah, okay. Arnie, I mean, look, I love Arnie, but Arnie deserves some of it. Everything. Not some of it. All of it. <laughs> You're right. Like, here's what I here's what I don't understand in the sports world, and, and maybe you guys can help me out. When you talk about how great your team is and how you're never going to lose and how no one bothers you and how this team, is, you're going to kick the snot out of this team and they're not on your level, and then you're going to go to the next team. You know, I understand there's like a certain faction of that that's fandom, but when you've been saying it all year and then all of a sudden your team loses and it's like, well, I think everyone should be fired. You're like, what? That As we welcome you to the Plank Show, I, I've been trying to figure this out all night long. No, it's it's not why I sound like this, Josh. I've just I've been trying to figure it out all night long. Is it really how you do in the last game that matters the most as far as whether or not you had a good season? Because, listen, I'm not trying to tell you that the Cowboys shouldn't be disappointed, right? That was their eighth one-and-done playoff appearance. Since 1998. And there's not a massive amount of success in the playoffs post-Jimmy Johnson and Troy Aikman. But does this make the entire season a failure because they lost? Is everything that the Dolphins did this year because they went on the road and got beat by, I I don't, we can fight about dynasties, but at the very least in the AFC West, the Kansas City Chiefs are dynastic right now. And with this chapter still being written, who knows what's going to happen next Saturday. Heck, right now, we don't even know who they're playing, right, Josh? I mean, that's still very much. It could be one of two teams. They could play either in Buffalo or they could host Houston. Is that right? That's right. Hmm, How about that? They would still end up playing a home playoff game, which is the funniest thing possible. You just know Pittsburgh is going to beat Buffalo today, right? But Uh, I I would be shocked. But but my uh, my, my point more than anything else is maybe I'm getting soft in my old age. Maybe that's part of it. But that was a heck of a season for Miami. Even if they only beat one team with a winning record to put themselves with that coach and that team in its first year with a new defensive coordinator in that position is pretty awesome. I still think it's incredible what the Browns did. They pulled a dude off the couch. They pulled a guy off the couch, Josh, to be their quarterback. And they still found themselves in a position where they they almost, if if the Ravens don't get hot down the stretch, they might have won that division, right? With Joe Flacco as their quarterback. So, I don't know. I mean, I understand that everyone wants to fire everyone after you lose and everyone stinks. And you notice what was trending as soon as the Cowboys game wrapped up, right? What am I talking about when it wrapped up at the end of the first quarter? Everyone already had Bill Belichick in Dallas, right? Everybody, yes. Oh, man. How was your uh, weekend experience, by the way? Did you uh, get the peacock to watch the Chiefs and the Dolphins? Uh, oh, yeah, and I've had it, but uh, I was uh, was dialed in and watched all uh, of these playoff games. You know, for Miami, of course – it ends with a thud sure. and uh, what the Tennessee game really started the spiral for them where then you lose to 
Baltimore and Buffalo and obviously Kansas City in the playoffs here, but they were just so dinged up too. I mean, it, it goes to show you, man, it's uh, – you know, you need the ball to bounce your way a little bit in the injury department, too. And, and offensively, look, they don't have a bunch of excuses on that side of the football. But right. defensively, when you're talking about your three top edge guys, uh, multiple defensive backs, it's it just wasn't a good situation at the end for them. By the way, uh, the very first text of the show from 5808 is a double shot. Lifelong Cowboys fan just complying to wellness check this morning. McCarthy's eggs, bacon, sausage, French toast, hash browns, waffles, English muffins, everything bagels, jelly donuts, crepes, oatmeal, biscuits, and gravy. They all just don't taste the same this morning. Oh, I think man. there's a fat joke mixed in, there, uh, mixed in there somewhere, which, by the way, I guess is back, right? You can make fat jokes now because of Stephen A. Smith. Is that is that true or, or no? He is that brought allowed? It, he brought it back uh, for some. Okay. All right. Fair enough, then. If it's uh, directed at Jason Whitlock, I guess it's okay. I, I guess, right. If it's if it's levied at somebody that you don't agree with, then you can call them all the names in the book, I guess. I had an awesome weekend. Uh, be, before we go back all in on the uh, football games from Saturday night and then yesterday, we got two coming up today, including one. Is that still at 4.30 this afternoon? Y- yes, I believe so. <laughs> it's a rescheduled game. I, I mean, I, I understand that, but still – 4.30, huh? Wait, is that 4.30 Eastern and 3.30 Central, or is my computer still on the mountain time zone? Anyway, 3.30 Central. Okay, there you go. 4.30 Eastern and 3.30 Central. I, I, I guess TV was like, well, I guess if we're going to move it to Monday, we better make sure that it doesn't conflict with the other game. What an odd start time. And I don't know about you, but in the videos I'm watching so far, Josh, I still don't think that stadium looks like it can host a football game right now. Great. That's exactly yeah. what we want to watch. Anyway, I I had a chance to experience something on Saturday that I've never experienced before. Um, I I went to one of the Patty Gasso softball camps. Now I wasn't participating uh, as this, even though I felt like the uh, catching talent was shown. It was on display whenever I was catching my niece, was framing a few pitches on the outside. Josh had a couple that you couldn't get to. Right, I was a little bit worried when the very first pitch that she threw just zinged all the way to the backstop. It's like, well, this isn't, this isn't off to a good start. But it's, it's not about me in this front, on this perspective. It's about watching Coach Gasso, watching a GOAT, and watching her in her element. These are, I want to say it was mostly like eighth graders and freshmen. Maybe there were some seventh graders there too. But to see her and to watch Jen Rocha and to watch JT Gasso work with these kids, it's, you know, I, I, I don't know about you, Josh, but I see the retirements, right? You see people stepping away. Even if you want to go back at Oklahoma and you think about Lon Kruger and Sherry Cole and Bob Stoops and uh, even Coach Gasso joking at the time, it's like, seems like they're having a lot of fun. Seems like they're really enjoying themselves. But I, I worry about that some with Coach Gasso, right? Is there going to be a moment where she says, all right, I'm, I'm done with this. I'm going to have a bronze statue out in front of the stadium. Um, it's deserved and it's earned. I've got a team that's won three straight national championships. No team has ever won four in a row. And they're the odds-on favorite with 10 players coming. 10 players playing in their final year. And I think the number I looked at yesterday was seven of those 10 have a World Series championship ring because Maxwell um, 
Keeney. Maybe it's maybe it's eight of the ten. Eight of the ten that are playing their final, you have a championship ring. It's amazing, right? You, you can't help but wonder, is there a time where she might say, all right, you know what? We've had a good run. I've got a lot of things laid out in front of me where I can spend time with my grandbabies. Dude, I'm going to tell you right now. I watched that on Saturday. She was in her element, man. And it was awesome to see. Teaching, uh, having fun, spreading the love and the joy of the game. It was one of those moments where as I'm watching her, I, I don't I didn't worry, Josh. I didn't worry about, oh no, is she gonna retire anytime soon? Because I saw that passion and that joy, and it was really cool. And I learned a lot. I think I learned how to throw a drop ball yesterday. You might might want to watch out for that. But I, I, I know it's a concern, and inevitably when we start rolling through softball season, there's uh plank, who's next for softball? Who do you think is gonna be the next head coach? Or when is Coach Gasso when are you worried about her retiring? And number one, I'm not worried. I want her to leave when she wants to leave, right? I want her to retire when she wants to retire. But what I watched on Saturday, dude, I watched somebody that loves this sport and is still passionate about it, still dialed in with this team, and it seems like they're having fun. And isn't that the most important thing whenever it all comes down to it? Someone who you want to stay around, someone who you don't want to retire, and what are they doing? They're having fun doing their job. Absolutely. I mean, that's number one. If uh... – <laughs> If you're not having fun anymore, then you're not going to want to do it. Right. If she's being dragged around the whole time, I'd be like, oh, no, this isn't good. Right. But, uh, yeah, if it's fun, then, I mean, who knows? Who, who knows how long uh, she'll want to keep going? I just, I just wanted to share it. I, I, I loved seeing it. I thought it was amazing. I then got to watch. I got to watch the whole Chiefs game uninterrupted. It was awesome. I don't. Why do. Do people really – are you guys that offended any time that Taylor Swift is put on the TV? I mean, does it really affect your viewing that much? I mean, I, I watched with a group of people, and the sound was relatively down. I did not have my sister, Josh, pegged for a Swifty. But I also was experiencing it on Twitter. I had Twitter up, kind of just scrolling through some different reactions. And, I mean, there is I, – do I blame Tony Dungy for this, or is this – like, who cares? It's a football game. I'm watching – even though Kelsey struggled a little bit last night, and so for every drop, it's, oh, what's going on here? But I, I thought you guys just went out and pounded them into submission. I I don't care about the Taylor Swift cutaways. The Chiefs are moving on, and I sure as heck don't want to play him next week. Don't the, know about anybody else. The uh, viral moment with Taylor Swift was pretty yeah. awesome, too, with yeah. the frozen window. And yeah. So it, people were having fun with that, with the captions and everything. It was a good performance, a really good performance by uh, Kansas City. Uh, I mean, what what can you say? Defensively, they uh, were very, very sharp. And uh, I thought, even though maybe percentage-wise it doesn't say it, I thought it was one of the best games Mahomes has played in quite some time. No, absolutely. He was, he was out. He was pretty outstanding in a game where, I don't know, did, did he even throw for 200 yards in the game? I mean, what were the final stats like? I he just the fourth down run right taking what was there seeing the crowd as crazy as they were by the way the shot of the water bottle was the funniest one because i'm like oh, i guess people haven't taken warm water out in a, a cold area in a while but seeing the exploding beers because it got so cold so quickly and then to see the chiefs go out and do that i don't gamble but oh my gosh that felt like the easiest bet in the history of ever josh <laughs> Were the Chiefs taking care of business against Miami in that in those weather conditions? All right, Dallas Cowboy fans, where are we at? Are you buying that Mike McCarthy is done? 405-651-3439. That's the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet tax line. Or you can hit us up on the Riverwind Casino jackpot line, 405-329-9000.
Is there anything else from the wild card weekend before we go all in on the big news for Sooner football, Josh? Anything else from Saturday, Sunday, or even looking forward to today that we need to touch on before we grab our first break? You know, I do. are you carving out a longer Cowboys discussion at some point? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. At, maybe at the bottom of this hour. Depends on the reaction on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. So far, so far it sucks. So I, I don't know if you guys aren't into Cowboys talk eh, or if you're just tired of having it hammered over your head. Depression. Depression, it, maybe. The, uh, yeah. the Texans' performance was really impressive. Yeah. I, I thought that uh, they would win that game at home because, well, C.J. Stroud uh, has been playing some fabulous football as a rookie, but – you never know, right, how it's totally going to go until you see them in that playoff arena. And he just, man, he looks uh, he looks the part. They, they looks might, good. They, yeah. they might be able to go on a little bit of a run here. I mean, they, they totally, totally cooled off a, a red-hot Cleveland team. So, we'll dive into some Cowboys talk at the bottom of this hour. But when we come back, Josh Helmer, we finally have a defensive coordinator named in Oklahoma. So that means we get to recycle all the content we had from last Monday. And the guys over at OU Insider got an exclusive one-on-one with Casey Thompson. And it was really good. And my guy Casey Thompson can talk. So we'll share what Casey Thompson had to say about his path to Oklahoma, how close he came to actually originally coming to Oklahoma, and the role that he expects to have going forward in his final season of eligibility. It's all coming up on a busy Monday edition of The Plank Show. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome back. It's The Plank Show. Josh Elmer alongside Chris Plank. Well, the news we had been waiting, waiting, and waiting some more on, we finally got over the weekend. Hey, uh, real quick, this hour of The Plank Show, of course, it's brought to us by our great friends at Van Hoos Fence. That's vhfence.com, number to call 405-735-1167, where they will get your fencing needs taken care of, and that's by the premier fence company in all of Oklahoma, vhfence.com, 405-735-1167. So, the the news that we had wait, wait, waited upon right. officialized, Zach Alley, in fact, Plank uh, is the Sooners' new defensive coordinator. Did we ever find out the, the the why behind the delay? Does anyone even really care now that it's official? Was there even truly a delay, I guess, from the moment that he was identified and Brent Venables realized he was the guy? I mean, we, we never really got any clarity except that maybe there – Maybe it wasn't as why. Maybe just give the the media credit because they were so on top of who was going to be the guy that there were still eyes to dots and T's to cross before it got finalized. Yeah, I, I, I suppose so. I, I don't know uh, any specifics. Yeah, I didn't on why see it was anything more. What'd you think of the title changes? Uh, I I think uh, it's good. I mean, obviously, nice deal for Jay Valai and the. Uh, Races, extensions across the board looked like uh, good things collectively. The thing that caught my eye I, was two things. Number one, Jay Valai had always had co-defensive coordinator on his tag. Uh, co-defensive coordinator, pat, pass game defense. I'm trying to do this off the top of my head. I'm literally on the website right now. I don't know what I'm trying to do to myself. What is it, corners and nickels, I think? Is it possible? that Jay Valai has the longest title in the history of college football for a coach. He is now the assistant head coach for defense 
along with co-defensive coordinator, pass defense, cornerbacks, and nickelbacks. It's, Pretty significant, right? Yeah. It If it's not the longest, it's certainly in the mix. And tells me, first of all, Venables obviously uh, loves and respects what Jay Valai brings to the table. And, again, I think is uh, just another indication that Venables is serious about handing this thing off to Zach Alley and Jay Valai. If you think about it, offense to defense, basically Jay Valai, it appears – is to the defense what Joe John Finley is to the offense. That's right. Um, so does that mean? Does that mean that Zach Alley is going to – I mean, we all assume he's going to call the defense, right? That's what's been reported. Okay. Well, I'm here to tell you, I hope, I hope, I hope that he does. I think Brent Venable's ceiling as a head coach just absolutely grows – when he finds a guy that he can trust with his defense. And to me, he's identified Zach Alley. And and what I took away from the, the new title from Jay Valai is, as you said, Josh, there's faith in July in Valai, but I I also feel like that maybe he had some offers out there too, right? If they're if they're investing that kind of resources and the amount of money that Jay Valai got in his raise and that that amount of responsibilities. That also tells me, man, I, I feel like people have been knocking on, on Jay Valai's door, and they probably were knocking on Zach Alley's door too. Yeah, I, I think that's fair to say. And continuity is king, right? The, uh, the more you can keep these guys together, that uh, is, is good news for Oklahoma from uh, a development standpoint, a mm-hmm. recruiting standpoint. I mean, there's a number of different reasons it's important. Um, but but I, I will say, I don't, I don't think it's worth panicking. Uh, I don't think there was anything more to it. He's the guy. Um, I, I've got all the quotes here that we could read through, but, we, I mean, I don't really know if it's worth it, Josh. Now, let's see how it goes on the recruiting side of things. We we had mentioned there's at least one or two guys in the portal now that I, I think you kind of keep a, a, an eye on, especially from, you know, Jacksonville State. Um, and I, Devin Baldwin, I believe, was the name that was in the portal from Jacksonville State. And I, and I got to be honest with you, I haven't checked the uh, the Stoops brother information if he's tweeted anything about whether or not uh, he's he's looking at Oklahoma. He had a very very successful season, and it appears to be a position where OU might be able to add a guy or two. But I I was I was happy it was done. I I, I thought it was good to get it done and get him here and let him start recruiting him and let him start grinding away. He's he's got a chance to be pretty special. Is there any worries now? Do, do you buy into the very small percentage of people that are like, well, I mean, has he, has he really earned this opportunity? We're talking Louisiana Monroe. We're talking Jacksonville State. Did you fall into that trap at all over the weekend when this became officialized? I don't think so because if their prior work together, Brent Venables was already impressed, and then who he's talked to since and the – track record that Zach Alley's put together if that was enough to convince him that he's ready for this gig then right look uh the personnel's different obviously Jacksonville State to Oklahoma so now he's got uh, the Ferrari right and that's let's right. see what he can do with it and and that can go one of two ways um and, and you've got better talent than you've ever had before you take advantage of it you take your play calling you take everything you do to another level or you, you, you kind of struggle and you stay 
in your ways of trying to be too gimmicky because you had guys that weren't the same talent as your opposition. I, I'm pretty sure it's going to be the former, not the latter. But I also feel like, Josh, we're just starting our Zach Alley conversation. Now, as we approach the bottom of the hour, we promised the Dallas Cowboys discussion, but I did want to add one more thing from college football this weekend. I don't know what the pecking order went for the Alabama opening. I really don't. I don't know if their first choice was Sark, and then next thing you know, they ended up having to turn to Dan Lanning, and then Mike Norvell said no. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I was, I was watching Pop on Twitter during all this. I think he hit it on the head. It was like a master class from Jimmy Sexton. And Travis was right at Travis Skoll on Twitter. That was like a $200 million opening. In other words, with what the three coaches got in raises and Sark and obviously in Norvell, and I mean, throw into that mix uh, Dan Lanning, and then what you had to pay Ken DeBoer and his buyout, that was a pretty expensive opening. But DeBoer got announced, did his press conference, started building his staff. Ryan Grubb looks like he's coming with him to be his offensive coordinator. I'm just, I will play some audio from the press conference. We got. Uh, more Nick Saban. I mean, could Nick Saban be a candidate in Dallas? I had somebody reach out to me in the coaching industry this weekend and say they heard us talking about is there a chance that maybe some NFL guys would come to college? They told me they've never heard me more wrong on anything in their life, so we'll get to that, Josh. <laughs> but DeBoer, did he, did he win the press conference? I, I, I love everything this guy is about, right? But I watched that press conference, and I was like, I need a, co- I need a cup of coffee. I, I, I mean, this dude – he was boring me to tears. And I get it. I understand it doesn't matter if you win the press conference. No. But it was, I don't know, it, it really wasn't what I expected. He's impressive, right? His numbers wow you. But dang, man, it's just, it, I, I, I wasn't floored like I thought I would be. And maybe it's the first time he's on a stage quite like that. It's Alabama. But I didn't come away freaking out about Alabama's future like I thought I would with DeBoer taking over. In fact, I don't know. I kind of feel a little bit more confident with the Sooners' ability to go up there and compete with Alabama now. I wasn't living through the Kalen DeBoer press conference, so I'd be curious to hear some of that. I'll share. Yeah, we'll do that. If you've got it. But, uh, look, uh, what I said last week, I still feel. I need DeBoer, even though the track record is decorated. He's won everywhere he's been. What he did at Washington in an abbreviated stint was incredible. But uh, I need him to show me that he's going to keep Alabama where Alabama's been. And until proven uh, otherwise, I don't think Alabama's as good as Alabama's been uh, after losing Nick Saban. So it it definitely, I think, is – it should feel like chum in the water to everybody else in the SEC. It should. It should. Now, don't get me wrong. They're going to score points, and they're going to have dudes that are going to make plays. But they've also got to go re-recruit that roster. And I don't necessarily know how easy that's going to be for Alabama now that Nick Saban is gone. All right, here you come on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. I see you, 405-651-3439. A couple of other numbers on Kalen DeBoer. He is 105-12 and overall. If you exclude non-COVID years, he is 101 and nine. He was the AP coach of the year. He won 21 straight games at one point. Is 12 and two against ranked opponents. He's five and one as an underdog. In just the last two years in Washington, he was 25 and three. And he was 72 and one 
at home, Josh, and his only loss came in the COVID year. I think he was at Fresno State. I mean, those are jaw-dropping numbers, right? Whenever you're able to bring that kind of success. And I, and I did a show Saturday morning. I did a show Saturday morning, and, and I took a call from an Alabama fan. And, and it just it kind of opened your eyes to how good Nick Saban was, right, and in the, in the standard that he set. Because, Josh, I kid you not, it was the very first caller I took on a Saturday morning on, on College Sports Radio. He said, you know, I, if DeBoer wins three national championships, you know, I, I guess we'll be happy. I'm like, what? <laughs> Imagine that expectation. Imagine coming into it. And it's Alabama, so you know it to begin with. You know, Nick Saban got, you know, maybe two years. That third year, he finally started to really have it click, and they won a national championship. What did the guy say in the, in the question to him? Okay, DeBoer, you get three you get three games, essentially. Maybe even three plays or three quarters before people are going to judge you. So the, the numbers are there. It makes a lot of sense. But I feel like I would have been a little bit more concerned if it was Dan Lanning or if it was even Sark going to Alabama. I like Mike Norvell. I don't, I don't know if they would have had the patience for Mike to do what he would want to do at Alabama. But this is going to be interesting, man. It's going to be interesting. You know, our, now that portal's open for 30 days, are we sure Jalen Milrow's going to come back? Are you sure some of these guys are going to stay true? I, I know that classes started, but they have until January 27th to drop classes. Fascinating time. Let, let's share some of it coming up a little bit later on in the program. When we come back, though, let's hit the uh, best early notes on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405 651 Three nine is Plank Show on a Monday right here on the Ref. Hour number one presented by Van Hoos Fence. That is vhfence.com. Number to call 405-735-1167 where you can get your fencing needs taken care of by the Premier Fence Company in Oklahoma. Check them out because Bob Stoops said so. 405-651-3439. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. To the uh, text line we go. By the way, Josh, I have an update from our Goldsby Studios. Okay. The person responsible for making me sound like this yes. just delivered breakfast. Do you think that is a sign of I'm feeling sorry. guilty? Yes. Right? Absolutely. And and then, you know, I don't do a lot. Uh, I, I know there's people that are like, well, every night I have throat coat tea and I put honey in this and black. I don't do a lot of that. I'm, uh, it, it, this rarely happens to me. I've been pretty fortunate, even though I'm not the, the biggest health nut, that I've stayed relatively healthy, and I just had hot water with lemon delivered to me. Nice. You think it's worth a shot? Or? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. you got to, man. All right, All right um, let's roll. That's roll. I'm sorry. I just, I'm battling through not, not necessarily being sick, but I just sound like crap. Like, I could go run a mile right now, but after I was done, I probably would uh, I, I would probably sound even worse. Some hot tea, yeah, w- would be good, too. I mean, uh, th- that drink she brought will probably help, All too, right, we'll see. Eh, fingers crossed. Hey, it can't hurt, right? Couldn't get right? much worse, right? Yeah, it can't, it can't hurt. So, uh, Western Oki on the text line. Plank, Prescott is not a championship quarterback. He needs to go. But because of the ESPN talking heads, Jones cannot get rid of him if he wanted because of the contract ESPN said he deserved 
Let's hear more about softball practice. <laughs> well, I, and to make it clear, I wasn't at softball practice. I was at a I was at a camp. So I I did get to meet a majority of the of the portal pitchers. I met Kelly Keeney. I met Peyton Monticelli. Uh, I didn't get to meet Kelly Maxwell yet. I got to. Uh, by the way, just since you brought up softball, Western Okie, I'll tell you what. Kinsey Hansen and T.R.A. Jennings, they're just so impressive athletically. I mean, just so impressive. And they weren't uh, – I think Kinsey had, you know, responsibilities where, like, she was working with catchers, but she wasn't, like, geared up and she wasn't wearing a uniform. Same with T.R.A. Jennings. But you just look at him, Josh, and you realize, okay, uh, our athletes – under Patty Gasso for softball, just built a little different. They're just built a little different. So, yeah, I uh, I would love to talk more about it. I did, I did write my preview last night, and I had one one number that kind of blew me away of the of the returning position players. It's something along the lines of like 868 starts in a Sooner uniform that they return. It's unbelievable. So uh, that's just of the position players. It's not quite ten. I think it's like seven or eight. But they're they're ready, man. They are they are loaded. All right, where do you? Uh, oh, and on Dak Prescott, I don't I don't think Jerry got bullied into giving Dak Prescott an extension. I think he truly wanted to. Don't you? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I think That he thought that. It's, we'll see. I probably still does that. Dak Prescott is the guy capable of leading them to the NFC Championship game, to a win there, to the Super Bowl, and hopefully for Cowboys fans to to hoisting a Lombardi. Obviously, there's now starting to be a a rap sheet out there that maybe he's not that guy. Yesterday was very discouraging. If if you're on the fence about Dak Prescott, yesterday did nothing but uh, make you feel like, hey, this is not the guy for for us because, I mean, man, the – the early interception and then the pick six was so bad. He uh, he's a big reason why they lost the game. He is, and, and I'll tell you what I am. I'm pretty clueless on a lot of things in life, but I look at Spotrack or what is it over the cap, and I feel like I have a pretty good handle on what these contracts look like. And then all of a sudden it'll be like, well, they're going to cut him. It's like, but on the thing it said that they'll have three hundred million dollars in dead money. It's like, ah, doesn't matter. They're going to eat it. So I. I, I've given up trying to understand just what the financial ramifications are, Josh. But it seems like for those of you that are like, we just got to get rid of them. It's going to be incredibly expensive to do so. All right, where do you want to go next? The Sooner Andy I out like of the Andy. 210 found it interesting. They announced Zach Alley almost immediately after the Regents meeting and other assistant contracts were announced. Now, his salary won't be quote-unquote public until the next meeting. Can't think of why they would want to delay sharing this info, but the timing seems curious. Could be completely coincidence. Just interesting is all. Um, yeah, and I, and I think – I don't think that it was waiting on, like, Regent's approval. I think the sooner Andy might be on to something. Now, I don't think they're trying to hide it, right? But just as – it might not appear to be some sort of wild coincidental timing, Josh, that Alabama Nick Saban left right as the second semester had started, making it a little bit tougher for guys to get into the portal. 
there is a part of me that as soon as you brought that up, I thought, huh, that's interesting. But, I, I mean, I, I don't know. It's a public university, so inevitably we'll find out what he's going to make, right? Maybe it just, yeah, locks in what uh, Ali's contract situation is going to be. This is via football scoop, okay? Okay, all right, I'm ready. From Zach Barnett. Final line in uh, their article talking about the extensions, the raises. They write, Levy was set to make $2 million had he returned to OU in 24, and Roof $1.2 million. So Vittables is still operating at a $1.2 million budget surplus even after all the raises. I'd bet on Ali's contract being a three-year deal with a salary somewhere in the low $1 million range. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. So I, I say that to say, well, maybe it was just let's cross these T's, dot those I's to figure out what we, what we have uh, in the bank to pay Ali. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I uh, I hadn't thought of it that way. All right, let's hit one more text before we uh, before we grab a break and hear from Kane DeBoer. Uno Mas from Mustang Casey. Do you guys think Washington came out ahead as far as coaches go? I think they ended up with a better coach with Jed Fish. I, I, I do too, but I also – I think Washington's going to come down for a couple of seasons while Fish tries to build it back up. Now, I say that. And if he can get, you know, Fajita, Fajita, whomever, Fatita, their quarterback to go with them, which some have already speculated that Arizona's going all in on, you know, NIL deals to keep him around, which blows me away because they don't have a coach right now. But if he can get some of those guys to go with him that we saw at the Alamo Bowl, then, yeah, I think they got a chance to be pretty good. But anymore, right, you got to – it might take you a year whenever you go to new school. And especially, Josh, all the people that Washington was going to lose anyway. I mean, even if DeBoer had stayed there, I mean, a majority of that offensive line is gone. You know, two potential, you know, one one top 15 pick in Roma Dunze and maybe a top 20 pick at quarterback and Penix and, you know, maybe a second-day pick and their other receiver and their running back, but – they, they were going to be at a talent discrepancy to begin with. So you bring in, and you're going to the Big Ten. You bring in uh, Jeff Fish, I think I think it's going to work well. I like him a lot. It'll be interesting to see, yeah, what happens with those quarterbacks. If uh, Fafita follows to Washington, well, all of a sudden they're in a pretty good little situation. They, of course, uh, added Will Rogers. Does he that, stick? That's right. Does that's he right. stay now? I mean, is is he on his way to Alabama so that's that's going to be interesting to watch the little carousel right there. Well, he he already went back into the portal, so. Oh, he he has he's jumped yeah. back in already. Yeah. See, I okay. Well, let's, let's get a break on that because I got fooled so much this weekend, and I don't think it's my fault. I'll explain next right here on the ref. Rolling along through hour number one. Not quite done yet with the uh, Super Wild Card Weekend three. No. Two more, two more to go uh, to to get into the books. Three thirty for Pittsburgh at Buffalo. That's a CBS game, and then tonight, take your pick: ESPN, ABC. It is uh, Philadelphia at uh, Tampa Bay. Hour number one presented by Van Hoos Fence. That is vhfence.com, four zero five seven three five one one six seven. You said you got fooled. Yes, this I weekend? got fooled. I got fooled a lot. This weekend, because, uh, you know, whenever I was growing up, 
it would be phone scammers, right? You'd get the phone call or there'd be a 1-900 number that you would dial. And then that 1-900 number, not that 1-900 number, BFC. <laughs> but you could call to, like, get wrestling updates and you could call to, like, learn more inside scoop on certain movies and shows. And there was a sports line, too. And they'd get you on these 1-900 lines, Josh. And you'd get in trouble because you would be on them for so long. Mom, I had to find out what was going on with Andre the Giant and his feud with King Kong Bundy. How dare you make me hang up the phone? Now anymore, because Elon kind of just went wild, wild west with the blue check world, there is a fake Arch Manning account that... It was so well done with his I'm entering the transfer portal announcement. Yeah. Did you see it? Uh, I'm going to send it to you right now. Yeah, send it. No, I did not. Okay. Because it got uh, Mike Farrell. And when I saw Mike Farrell retweet it, I noticed noticed that it wasn't blowing up all over my timeline with a bunch of um, Sooner fans saying, I told you. I told you, and if if Arch Manning was in the transfer portal, you know right away. Dancing on graves, baby. I mean, Sooner fans, you know, there would not. I told you he was never going to stay. But look at that. Look at that. And, I mean, it's done in that same font where he made his announcement. Hook him forever. Right. Arch Manning. A-R-C-H-E. Yes. now, Now, first of all, it's not spelled correctly, but... He also has, I want to say it was like 30,000 followers. And I, I remember that Arch Manning hadn't tweeted for a long time until he tweeted his announcement. Oh, oh, I am incorrect, Josh. Uh, oh, hey, hold on. That's his official account. Oh, they must have taken this one down. Because he doesn't tweet very often, right? He only, I, in, in fact, I think he tweeted in October he tweeted in July, and he tweeted whenever he had committed to Texas. So he's basically had three tweets that, he sh- that he's thrown out. Is that ever? Maybe ever in the history of Twitter. But you tell me that I am not forgiven for almost falling for that. Hey, I, I get it. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty convincing. Yeah, did they? Oh, yeah, he, uh, he got him absolute. They deleted the entire account. This post is from an account that no longer exists. Ah! Arch Manning but no longer exists? With an E. Arch, Arch with an Manning e? with an E no longer exists. But I guess maybe the best advice I can give is to keep your head on a swivel. I fell for about two fake Lance Leipold's on his way to Washington accounts. But though at one point yesterday, that kind of seemed like it might be a done deal. Yeah, so you think they got it right with Jed Fish instead of, say, Matt Campbell, Lance Leipold. I don't know if Kleiman was in the running, but those types of names. I think Chris Kleiman would have been a great hire. I I, I absolutely – I think Kleiman would have been a home run. But I do like the Jed Fish hiring. And he's had a couple of – even though the Pac-12 doesn't exist anymore. He's seen Washington. He's seen Oregon. He knows USC and UCLA. So – I think in that west wing of the Big Ten, I, I think they're going to have some success. Arizona fans were uh, not taking the news well, were they? I mean, I, I always – in these instances, whenever a guy is mentioned as a candidate for a job, right, um, 
I, I don't know how you can act so blindsided. I mean, it, I understand Michigan hasn't been good for a while, but as soon as as soon as we realized that you had an accountant that misplaced what two hundred fifty million dollars, and you guys don't know how you're going to recover it, and, and 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 Jet Fish said all the right things, but what do you want him to say? Right in those instances, you're not a blue blood. You had a good run. Now go high. Be smart though. I I don't think. Uh, Hiring a retread is a good idea here. Some people are trying to say maybe Pete Carroll because his son is on that coaching staff. That would be funny. Yeah, that would be very interesting. But I uh, – I don't know if he would take the gig, though, would he? Uh, no. I think Pete Carroll's going to be in the mix for another NFL job. I haven't given you my hot take on who I think the next Cowboys coach is going to be. I don't think it's going to be Bill Belichick. I don't think it's going to be Pete Carroll. Harbaugh? I don't think it's going to be Harbaugh. It's hot, dude. It's a hot take. Okay. It's, scor- it's scorching hot. I'm just telling you right now. All right. Uh, see, I told you, as this show rolls on, Josh, the stamina gets better. The voice gets better. Uh, by the final hour, you won't even know that I've been battling it today, hopefully. In the meantime, uh, Casey Thompson spoke to Brandon Drum at OU Insider. We'll share his path next right here on The Ref.